question for you, Dan. What's going on, sir? First of all, hey, hold on, real quick, man. I just want to tell you, yeah. real quick. Boyce is jacked today. I don't know what's going on with the San Joaquin Valley air, <laughs> but I got hardly anything. So you're gonna have to bear with me, brother. If you can't hear me, let me know. No problem. All right, cool. no problem. All right, it's not gonna be. So, it's not gonna be as sexy today. Is all I'm saying. As as though. Yeah, it'll still um, be sexy, just not as sexy. Yeah. So we were just talking about how you don't you don't listen to sports or watch sports at all, right? I can appreciate sports. But I'm definitely not the guy you want to go to for all the all the stats. Okay. Put it this way: if there's three people in the room and I'm one of them, and two of them start talking about sports, I suddenly become very busy that I have to go. <laughs> so, so I gotta go to the other room, you know, because I just can't. I don't know what it is, man. Like I enjoy a game. I like going to, you know, I like going to games if I go. Yeah. Uh, I'm not loyal to any one particular sport. Mm-hmm. I kind of dabbled a little bit as a kid, but I sucked on all of them. Except for like, you know, I, I liked doing like uh, karate and shit like that. But uh, that wasn't really my, that really wasn't my deal either, man. I think I was, I was pretty much engineered to be a nerd. Really? Yeah. I just took the creative outlet instead of bashing my body to hell. You know what I mean? That's understandable. Cause like, here's, here's a good example. So when I was a freshman in high school, um, I wanted to play football just so I could, I don't know, just so I could say I could play football, I guess, or that I played football. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> little dude, man, little guy wow. on, the, on the field, you know, but I was the guy when you were, when we were at practice doing scrimmages or something like that, my ass would always get like Ramirez because I would be listening to like the band on the other oh, field. Oh, like, wow. And basically I'd be listening to the, I'd be listening to the drums. <laughs> <laughs> across the funny. field yeah man i just wasn't sports wasn't my thing so no to answer your question steve i'm probably not the best guy to you know talk about sports with but i think because you said i remember when we were talking i said you know i got nba knowledge like basketball i could talk about so you said well yeah if i'm at a party i kind of am you know i leave the room i but i think okay i'm gonna say my job is less interesting than your job i think your job gives you an edge over even people that talk, that even if I talk NBA, the fact that you have an interesting job gives you the win. How do you figure? Because it's like, say, okay, we're going to say, if you're a computer engineer and say, or no, 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 say you're an astrophysicist, you're an astrophysicist, but you don't know uh, sports. These people are talking sports and be like, oh, you know, uh, I don't follow sports. I don't really do the sports thing. Oh, really? Okay. I'm an astrophysicist. Immediately the conversation changes to what you do because no one knows well, what does that entail? Like, what's that all about? Whereas if someone's like, I'm not into sports, but I do follow one sport, it doesn't matter. You're now out of the conversation until we get to the sport you follow. But since you, Dan, have an interesting job, as soon as you say what you do, people will be like, oh, well, what does that entail? If the sports are now out of the window. I think your job gives you the edge. I think it's true. You don't think so? I mean, I could, I could totally see how you could think that, but I mean... I think it's kind of a hit or miss. You know what I'm saying? Some people just be like, oh, word. And they just move along and it's not a big deal. But some people find it interesting. But you, Steve, you're the kind of person that's more, you're, you really like to find out about people. Yeah. And I'm going to flip this just a tiny little bit. Oh, snap. I think you prefer to hear about people than to actually talk about yourself. Oh, it's not even close. Why is that? um, Because I think people are endlessly fascinating. I mean, it is, I could watch a documentary on the best underwater basket weaver of all time, only because I'm just like, wow, that person dedicated all their time to become the best at something. 
I have got to watch this. But I don't, I mean, I, I can just do that. I could talk about your job all day. But you're an interesting cat, though. Like, as I tell you, you know, a lot, I keep finding out more and more about you. Known, known you for three years. Yes. But there's just a whole bunch of shit that I don't know about you. I don't want to, I don't want to, like, you know, go into your, your personal life if you're not comfortable well, doing Well, no, that recently kind of it was the gymnastics thing. You're yes. like, wait, yeah. what? That's exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> I didn't know if you were so comfortable funny. sharing. I thought I told you that. No, you didn't mention that at all. <laughs> See, folks, that's the thing. Hi, I'm Steve, and this is what I do. And this is exclusively what I do. I do nothing else but this thing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, by the way, I was just this badass gymnast back in the day. Yes. Doesn't mention it. You no. don't really mention you. See, I've always thought that you were not the athletic type. I knew that you liked sports, oh, at least uh, basketball. But I didn't think you were like the, the athletic type. Let's talk about that a little bit, man. Can you want to tell the story of how you came to be this this amazing gymnast? You know what? I, I When I was I was raised in L.A. And when I was in L.A. in um, grade school, I saw someone. I don't know if it was like Greatest American Hero. But someone did a backflip on the show. And I was like, I want to learn how to do that. So what I did was I went to the sandbox and I did kind of a sideways backflip, sideways over and over, and I started straightening a little bit closer to vertical and a little bit closer to vertical. And soon it wasn't a diagonal, but now I could do a backflip, land on my head, then flip over. And so I just did that every day during recess instead of playing with the kids until I figured out how to do a back back handspring. And <laughs> look, I, look at Steve. Look at Steve over there flipping in the sandbox by himself. <laughs> What the hell's like, wrong with that guy? I was like legit trying to figure this out. And then when I got home, I do it in the grass. And my mom would just look out. And those were, I mean, we were so much less, we didn't, uh, we weren't so protective. Because if I saw my son out there landing on his head doing back, I'd be like, hey, dude, you really got to go somewhere where there's cushion or something. And my you mom gonna was break like, your hey. neck. Exactly. But my mom was like, hey, have a ball. And uh, so then we ended up moving to San Luis Obispo. And I went to school in Royal Grande. And by this time, I was able to do, like at about nine years old, I was able to do a backflip, like round off backflip. And so I was doing it in the lawn of the the school I was going to in Royal Grande. And they were like, the gymnastic teacher came up. She said, yeah, we're going to have to have you on the team. And so they taught me a few other things where I could just backhand spring across, I mean, over and over and over and over and over and over again. And they're like, yeah, you're just going to be the finale. We'll have you, everyone does their thing and we'll have you just do the finale. And so, yeah, we traveled across the state, our gymnastic team. Did you lead your gymnastic team to any victories? No, we didn't. Um, there was, there wasn't any competition. Oh, you know what? My mom would probably remember better, but I know that there were people that we'd go up against. And the only people that could really give me a run for my money, like, wow, they're good. Were the females, some of the females that did floor exercises, I was like, Whoa, like they're legit. The dudes, I wasn't really worried. They did a lot of the, um, some of them did floor exercise, but they were more on the rings and the parallel bar and stuff. And I was like, I'm not going to do that because in my brain, I would flip off the parallel bar and my head would hit the bar in my brain. That's just how it, I was like, how are they not hitting it? I know I'd hit it, so I just wouldn't do it. I still don't know how they don't hit their head on it. I'm sure there are videos of them hitting their head on it, but I, I couldn't, I just couldn't see myself swinging far enough away where my head wouldn't clip the bar. Oh, you just brought back, even though it's not the same sport, you brought back that Greg Luganis. Oh, my God. <laughs> the the dive Jeez, of, of, of dives where his whole head just cracked the freaking 
But we all were wondering. Excuse me, the diving board cracked his head. Dude, every time I watch, I used to watch people doing that. I'm like, they sure do come close. And soon enough, I mean, he whacked his head. I mean, dude, that was the illest. When you remember that uh, documentary they had about him? I've seen a couple of documentaries They're about good. him, but I mean, yeah. I don't have like the name of it handy or anything like that, but I do but remember watching a documentary about him. He was having to move out of his house and stuff. He was broke. So he was moving out of the house that he loved so much in Malibu or something like that. And so they start with that and you're like, what? Greg Louganis is broke. And then they begin to tell the story of how he got to where he was. And you're like, well, yeah, that you're going to, I mean, he was at the, t- I mean, the money he was making, yeah, you're going to buy a house in Malibu or something like that. That's money that you don't think is ever going to go away. And then it does. You know what I'm saying? There's not, you know, Mary Lou Retton. When's the last time we saw Mary Lou Retton? She used to be all over the, like the, the Wheaties boxes and Everywhere cornflakes boxes. Where, where is she now? I have no idea where she Bingo. is now. That's why it's almost like tennis is even a more likely thing where you're going to continue to make money. Because Venus and Serena, they're never going to not make money. Just because of who they are. They're going to make money. Steffi Graf is going to make money. You know, um, McEnroe, if he shows up, he's making money, even if he doesn't play anymore. Just because of who he is. You know, Andre Agassi. But gymnasts, they're going to be hot for a minute. Even these recent, the people that recently won all the gold medals, you know, they're going to be popular now, but later on. And it also, there's not a coincidence that all of them are short. There has to be a reason why they end up being fairly short. You know, there you don't see a six foot tall gymnast very often. I'm talking to one. What are you talking about? Okay, but true. But that was because I did it as a young person, and then when I start playing basketball, that's another thing, bro. You didn't know like people could throw me alley oops, and I was dunking. So you were a good basketball player too. Oh yeah, yeah. See, another thing I didn't know. You're right. Sure was. I was a very good basketball player. Um, I think I you're just, a podcast in itself, Steve. I really do think that. I think that. <laughs> The deconstruction of Steve Hudson. I think we need to get this going. Oh, let's go. Oh, let's, let's just do this thing. I mean, there's not. I just much have to more. come up with. Um, I have to. Co- oh, I have a feeling there's so much more. You, this <laughs> this is just the top layer, brother. <laughs> but you, you, again, all these things, they're so in depth that they can't be interesting in a quick conversation. You are going to be endlessly interesting. If someone was like, I do this, they're going to be like, what does that even mean? Oh, you mean the thing like on blah, blah, that show? And you'll be like, well, not really. This is how it actually happened. Next thing you know, you're <laughs> yeah, in the blah, blah show. That blah, blah show is all dude, bullshit. Let me, every, let me tell you how it's really done. Exactly. <laughs> dude, every time I watch a show now, now that I know what you do and I see a doctor doing something, I'll be like, he wouldn't even do that. Now that I know you, I'm like, I've never seen a doctor do that ever I only see Dan in there doing it. Why do they always have the doctors doing this job on TV shows? I just love the, the there's so much absurd <laughs> bullshit that goes on on medical shows. Now I know people aren't, <laughs> see that's the thing is when you're in, in in any kind of like medical field, yeah, you can't watch those medical shows because they're so full of shit. Oh, I guarantee. How, how often do you want to be like, that is not what that image looks like? I guarantee it. It's just not. I love it. I love it when they have like, the, they go into the, into this operating room and there's like the hot surgeon, yes. you know, and she's, she's, she's like looking all good and everything. No, no, uh, there's nothing covering her hair, ah, yeah. nothing covering her face. She's just, you know, she's just doing surgery, yeah. you know, f- fuck a sterile field. It doesn't yes. matter. Right. No biggie. No one's getting. Or how they hang x-rays just sideways for no reason or upside down. Now, now a lot that's of, again, what I'm wondering. What is, 
I thought they did that. That's not a thing. No. Or oh. <laughs> what's even funnier is if <laughs> what's that. even funnier is if they have like you know um, I'm trying to think of something. Maybe they're trying to do. Maybe they're trying to figure out what's going on in someone's brain in a movie. You know what I mean? Yes, they're having yes. whatever, whatever reason. Some maybe even something kind of supernatural, and they they put them into this MRI machine and they they do their brain scan. And when they're talking about it afterwards, there's like enlarged pictures of hands, you know, just like a hand yes, picture, yeah, um, a, a random knee, it's just all these crazy things. And I think it's that people don't think that they pay attention to that, but we don't. It's I can't, but I can't get past it, man. I can't get past it. Well, that's because you work in the field, like you work in the actual, like you have one-on-one conversations with doctors. As in you're letting them know and they're probably telling you what they need you to do in your field. And you're like, okay, no problem. But on TV, the doctor does everything. Like they come in, they do this. He's the doctor, Steve. Come on. Of course. Yeah, he knows all these things. And I genuinely thought they did the upside down thing. I thought it made it it look more clear or something. The upside down x-rays hanging? Yeah, that's what I thought they did that for or something. But now that I think about it, it makes no sense. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just a funny thing. There's just so much unrelated crap. Or you'll have, what did I just see the other day? I don't even remember what it was on. But it was an MRI machine. And I don't want to get too, you know, boring yes. with it. But, yeah. you know, you these rooms, you have to basically have anything in there. There's nothing in there that can be uh, ferrous, you know, magnetic. Something that could pull magnetically. Yet, there's dudes in there with their, they're just, they got their stethoscopes. Yeah, I've they seen got their, that before. Yeah, I've seen that. And they got computers in there. Doesn't matter. Nothing's nothing's breaking this magnetic field. That's what is it? I think it's like sixty thousand times stronger than the Earth's gravitational pull. You know, but it's all controlled, of course. I mean, because I yeah, I was wondering. I'm like, what would you showed me pictures of different things that happen in different situations in your field? But I think again, all this conversation, I would be sitting there wrapped in absolute just like wow, interest in my goodness. How did you even get into whatever field you're... This is insane. What makes a person wake up one day and do that? Just working in the field for too long in the in the file room and then realizing, holy shit, I need to, I'm an adult now and I should probably start doing something. <laughs> hey, guess what? This That's is what true. I know. That's so I'm going to go ahead and go with this and hopefully this will stick. No, Luckily, but I, I think more kids would do your job if they knew it was a possibility. They don't know about it. They just don't know. They would just go immediately from high school into be like, well, let me get this. Let me just go ahead and go right into the field I'm interested in. But unfortunately, we don't have the people that go around saying, hey, maybe you should come toward the hospital. See if you want to get into any of this stuff. Oh, because once you say hospital to a kid, they think doctor and they do not want some kids don't want to go to go to freaking school for 16 years or 10 years. They want to just be like, oh, you know, no. But if you all of a sudden you like, well, look at how cool this thing is. They might be like, oh, I'm just going to go directly there. That's what I want to do. But that's the problem with uh, just like one of our friends now. She's only just getting into it. Who's to say if she would have known about it when she was like 18, 17 years old, would she have just immediately slid right into what she was interested in? I think it comes with a level of maturity. That's not to say that someone that's very young can't get into it. Matter of fact, I've been with those people. And sometimes they do very well. But other times they're just not ready for it. You know what I mean? There's there's more to it. That's just my opinion. There's more to it than just like, for instance, if you were going into like an x-ray program or something like that or or MRI or anything like that, some kind of diagnostic imaging. This is, by the way, the most fucking boring pregame ever. No, it's not. I guarantee (laughs) there are people that are just like literally saying, wow, this is interesting crap right here. 
I personally think y'all want dick jokes. What do you think? You let me know. Because I think that's what you're looking for, some dick jokes. Oh, no. they want to know about, uh, you know, Danathan and his abilities in the field he's working in. Change the subject. There was a kind of, there's a, a roundabout dick joke in Thor Ragnarok that I thought was pretty funny. Okay. I know you saw it and everything, and I know that we're not going to talk about it. However, does this make you, um, are they just so far leaps and bounds ahead of any other um, comic book, like, business? Are, are there movies just, I mean, at this point, it's not even fun. Like, I go there expecting a great movie. Isn't it You're going to get a great movie this time, man. It's just, it's insane to me, dude. I mean, that's why I love, oh, this is a perfect conversation because we're not going to talk about it today. That's why I'm wondering how many more, because what Blumhouse did was, we will give $5 million to different directors and let them do what they do. Let's just say we give $5 million to four different directors, that's $20 million gone for four films. Maybe four of them fell, but one of them will be a get out. And I'm like, why hasn't someone thought of that before? How many more Blumhouses are we going to get? People, I mean, even you and I, if we really, if someone put a gun to our family's head, we could pull together $5 million. <laughs> we could. Guaranteed, dude. Guaranteed, not between us, but we we'll could We'll have to talk about this magic trick you know after the <laughs> no. show, because I could definitely use, I could use like half, not even I mean, half of that right now. I'm saying for a business, like if we had something ready to rock and roll and we had investors, let's just say that they're, I mean, that, I mean, they just wanted a blah, blah X return you know, a 10X or 5X return. That's insanity. But if you get a get out, you can give them that return. You could give each of them a stupid return and still make a lot of money. But Blumhouse realized that and started producing these random films. And all of them, I mean, when you look at their catalog, yeah, there's a few duds, but they've gotten their their groove where, okay, I will give you 5 million and even the weak sauce movies are going to return. You're right about that. I mean, even the ones that aren't doing all that great are still returning something. And How crazy is that? And they're doing, you know, fairly well, just as far as like, I'm not even talking about necessarily what they're grossing. Yes. But just the word of mouth that you hear about these movies, for the most part. Some of them are complete garbage. But for the most part, I think that a lot of them are, are they're decent enough to where they're, you know, they're being passed along by other people. People are talking about them. Oh, so no that's got to count for something. So if you throw enough of these at the wall, Thank you know what I mean? One, one of them, exactly. One, exactly. one of them is going to stick and, and probably produce quite a bit of money no. because you've already got these people that are invested in Blumhouse. They're going to see these movies, even though they're, I don't want to call them shit, but I mean, you know what I mean? They're like, they're not, they're not like blockbuster movies. Totally. And, but and they're enough to where, Hey, I'll go see another Blumhouse movie. Why not? I would, if I see their name, I'm probably going to see it. I'm probably going to see it, especially now. Now notice what they did. Now the Blumhouse is a th- like gave Jordan Peele his, 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 not break because he was already key and peel, but when they kind of they took a risk on him, he's doing a bunch of stuff with Monkey Paw in conjunction with Blumhouse. They're now going to reap the benefits on Jordan Peele for how long, dude? How long? <laughs> I got a feeling he's just ready to like blow up now. I, I mean, not that he wasn't already. Jordan Peele's huge, but I think that this dude's like, oh, this is the kind of money I can make. This is what this is. I think he's finding what he really likes to do. Oh, no you know. question, dude. He's, he's, I think the good thing about him is, um, I think what made Get Out so important is no one expected it. Because you always hear a buzz coming out of different film festivals. You're like, whatever. But then when the buzz hops out of the film festivals into normal life, where they're just like, oh, no, I went to go see this movie, G, and wow, 
that was incredible. Now it's like, oh, wow. And it just, it didn't do, it's not going to do a Thor Ragnarok where it made $43 million in the first night. It was a builder and made 200 and some change off of $5 million. <laughs> that, is in, that is so crazy to me. I'd be like, oh, I'm good. I've done my movie and I'm straight for the rest of my life. Cool. Yeah, but he's moving on. Didn't you just say that he's doing a Nazi hunter movie? Sure, and he's doing another movie we're going to talk about in the um, another show that he's going. We're going to talk about in the main show. So he's doing it. But I'm saying Blumhouse. I'm shocked that they were just like, no, we're just going to keep on killing it. I mean, they listen to. Okay, check this out, dude. Listen to their portfolio. They did Paranormal Activity, right? Yeah, they did. They didn't do all of them though, right? No, they did the first one. Off of fifteen thousand dollar budget, and it made one ninety three. Fifteen thousand dollars. But they know their they know their 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 crowd. You know what I mean? They know people like scary movies. They know when to time them and when to put them. You know what I mean? They know when to put them out. Sorry, I'm not even making sense. But they know when to put these movies out to get their optimum push. Oh no question. And the thing I think I think that Jason Blum. I'm imagining that. I have to imagine because I don't think if I recall, like someone did um, paranormal activity by themselves. So how did Blumhouse get it? That's what I'm wondering. Steve, what would you do if you ended up in an interracial relationship, uh-huh. say in the near future and um, you go to meet the parents, <laughs> you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be, you don't want to be rude. Right. <laughs> so of course, you know, you're already thinking this shit's happening. You're yeah. thinking of this, of you thinking to get out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe the mom, maybe the mom offers you a cup of tea or something like that. Do you take the tea? No. What I do you lie. say? I'm not going to lie. I'll be like, I would make it uh, if they were, if they had never, if they had heard of get out, I'd be like, aha, you don't want to get out me. <laughs> but if they've never heard of it, oh no, I would drink it. I would drink it only because I'm just like, I mean, what are you going to do? Especially if I'm dating someone and they saw get out and they're looking at me like, really? Is that what we're doing today? We're going to do this thing. I wouldn't, but it would change if they started saying, you know, I voted for Obama. That's when I'm just like, okay, now (laughs) we're getting strange. Like when they start being like, uh, you know, when they, if they start being like, oh, you know, we don't mind it. You know, we got a lot of homeboys at work. I'd be like, okay, yeah, we're going to have to go ahead and splitsville because this is getting awk where I like that hip hop, that 50 cent. I'll be like, okay, we got to go. We got to (laughs) go. I was a big fan of the Fresh Prince in exactly. the 90s, Steve. I'd be like, dog, we have got to go. But now... Hold it, mom's you- like, mom's like, so Steve, um, what are your intentions with my daughter? Oh, yeah, with the little clinking of the glass. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, oh, this is about to get personal, but skip it. So when I was married, I actually... Um, I... Uh, I remember that we, there was very few times we had any of those issues, but one time, uh, who's that guy that does the puppets? Jeff Dunham. Jeff, Jeff Dunham. And it's okay. We were at her, her house and they watched a Jeff Dunham standup special. And I I'm was sorry. Af- I was offended. I was like, <laughs> with good reason. Yes. And I was like, okay, this is offensive. And later on their parent, her parents apologized to me, but in that moment, I could think that they were kind of, I could have thought, taken a great offense. But I just realized, you know what? In their brain, this is hilarious because of their circle probably thinks this guy is great. And that, you know, a lot of these puppets, that's exactly how they talk. I know, you know, that whole thing. 
But I had to let him know, be like, look, I don't ever want to see that sort of thing. You know, I've only he, seen him do that one skit with the I forget what he because I don't I don't I'm yeah. not a fan of Jeff Dunham, but the, yeah. the terrorist one is what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, G. And he's, but what else does he do? Does he have any he other has, like, like race, racial? One. I think the Hispanic one is like a chili or something. <laughs> Sorry. And I was like, dude, you are just a horrible that like we're now it's to come to a point. Can we just agree? No, just no. We can't we can't do that sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I had to I had to tell them that I was I was a bit uh, um offended. And they would make like Obama jokes and stuff, and I didn't like that. I was really like, man, I was Obama'd out, man. And so when they would make little Obama jokes and stuff, you know, it would make me be like, Okay, really? So we're saying that Sarah Palin would have been better. Is that what we're talking about? John, you know what I'm saying? That's in John McCain. And so, but it got awkward. You know what I'm saying? I totally know what you're saying. But can I flip it on you for a second? Hit me with it. All right. So let's let's go back. Uh-huh. We don't even really need to go back, actually. You can pretty much join on. How can I say? Okay, let's just take a, we'll go back for the purposes yes. of this conversation. Uh-huh. Let's go back to, say, Richard Pryor. Hello. Let's go back to Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you. I assume that you. You know, you're a fan of comedy. Did you oh, enjoy their work back then? Loved it. Okay, so Richard Pryor included. Oh, loved it. Yeah, me too. Me too. But not as much as Eddie, because Eddie was in our wheelhouse. That was like our time. Right. I mean, yeah. that's we, we we grew up on Eddie. Yeah, exactly. So, how do you feel? And this this does move all the way into our you know present time. Mm-hmm. What are your What's your take on black comedians? voicing white related jokes white targeted at white people um i think uh, mind you it's just like the same um well i don't believe that the oppressed can just hurt the feeling of the oppressor i don't i just don't i think that it's one of those things are like oh just when they're just like oh i'm offended and they'll be like okay look we don't have many things to make fun of you know (laughs) just give us this all right (laughs) give us this one it's just like when it's like well why can't we say nigger be like because you can't I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I could go into this long dissertation of why you can't just accept there's, there's things that you just can't say. There's things around my Hispanic friends that if they say it to each other, guess who's not joining in me. Why? Because I know that I can't say that. I don't sit there and be like, well, technically, if we really want to break it down, they're going to look at me like, oh, so you so want to say this word that we find offensive. If you say it, you so want to say it that you want to break it down and make it so cerebral that we have to bend to let you say it. It's like, it's ridiculous. If someone's like, hey, can I say that? Or if I say, hey, can I say that? They say, no, the end. Okay, I guess I can. If, <laughs> I mean, you're, talking about the, if you're just talking about the N-word alone, yes. I feel straight uncomfortable when I hear it coming out of anyone's mouth, but, you know, a black person. Exactly, exactly. And so if, if someone is like, if there's a Hispanic dude, you know what, that's weird. Because if a Hispanic dude said, um, like if he was doing a black voice, I wouldn't be offended. If we were, if we were friends, I just wouldn't be offended by it. All right. That's well, check this out. I didn't think about, you know what, but I would if a, if a, if a white dude was like, hey, brother, crazy looking brother. I'm like, I'm like hey. Crazy looking brother. <laughs> I'd be like, gee. Just calm down. Yeah, I don't, I don't, that's a very interesting thing. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a visceral response. I was watching, I, there, okay, 
So back in the day before we started getting pretty regular at work and having a lot of non-downtime, mm-hmm. there were some times where I was just there by myself. Yes. And I would just be sitting there for sometimes hours. It just depends on, mm-hmm. you know, what comes at you. So, you know, mine tends to get a little deviant. I started looking on Facebook or looking on YouTube of and course. ended up coming across. It was on Facebook, actually. And I would come across, uh, what was it called? It was called Only Street Fighting. Someone liked it. It was one of those things like someone likes it and you watch it and then you fall down the rabbit hole. Yes. Much like Dr. Pimple Popper or any of those other ones right Mm -hmm. there. But let's 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 keep it to the only street fighting. Yes. That is probably the highest concentration of non-black people saying that word that I have ever seen anywhere, anytime. And usually it's white people. Yeah, I can see that. So I get uncomfortable. Because I can't figure it out. Like, how is that okay? I know it's not, but it's sort of acceptable in these videos. You know what I mean? It's really yeah. great. I mean, I guess it, when someone's yelling world star, I guess yeah, if there's the, you know, all expect, bets are off. All bets are off. But, <laughs> you know, it is off. a thing where, like in battle rap, in the battle rap culture, there are Hispanics that say it very, very frequently in their in their rounds where it's just, but it's, it's um, there's certain people that it's accepted by. And it's other people that they can't say it. And I guess it's a it's almost an undercurrent where you notice this dude that's saying it. I don't know why some people, and it's immediately accepted. Like there's certain people that I know that if he says it, hey, it's such and such. It's Cortez. Cortez can say it. It's, you know, who, you know, whoever's battling who, this this guy can say that. But other, some uh, you know, someone else looks just like him. He can't. It's a Is Cortez weird just thing. a name? Is um, Cortez just a name you threw out? Or no, is there Cortez, Cortez is a battle rapper. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he's a battle that. rapper named Cortez. I thought you just chose the name Cortez. Like, <laughs> no, hey, give a, Sanchez a break, all right? Sanchez no, is cool. You can say it. His name it. is Cortez. He, he's a Hispanic dude, and he says it. But he's always has, and he's probably from that, for his, from his circle, I get it. The circle he keeps, he probably earned that. You know, and I don't know. I, it's just one of those things where you just don't get mad, you know, whereas if someone else says it, you're like, hey, 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 you know, it's very strange. It's a very weird thing. Let's just go hypothetical here. Yes. Okay? Yes. You're at a karaoke bar. Oh, man. You're at a karaoke bar. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know. Um, I guess I'm let's say Kyle Smith steps up. OK. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Smith steps Kyle up. Uh-huh. Is a white man. Mm-hmm. I, I was trying to make that point, but I'm yes. sure you got that. What I was trying to go for for the purposes of this conversation. Uh-huh. And he starts rapping. Uh-huh. He starts doing a song, and maybe he decides to do Wu Tang. So shame on a. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And he says it. How do you feel about that? I would not. I'm. I, and the funny thing is, I'm not. I wouldn't be cool with it because I know the whole bar would be waiting for him. Like right from shame. Well, as soon as the okay, as soon as the beat drops, me and my boys are looking at each other, like, uh oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're all looking at each other, like, oh, he must no. be new. Yes, and uh, I mean, but it's hard because I could see how it's a weird situation when, like, you're at a Jay Z concert. And he's like, Jigga, uh, what's uh uh. And who I'm rolling with, huh? And he points the mic out and everybody's like, my nigga. And I know it's not just black folks saying it, but he's putting the mic out there for everyone to say it. So it's like, okay, wait, if I'm at a Jay-Z concert and I say it, 
it's okay. But if I'm at karaoke with less people, are the people count the the is the audience number the thing? So it's a very hard thing to to navigate. However, you should just know if I'm at a karaoke bar, you're just not gonna go. You're not gonna do. I don't think it's smart to do it unless you just. If you're feeling real, real, real brave and you don't see a person of color in the vicinity, if you don't see a person of color in the vicinity, I mean, hey, have a ball. But if you do see one, you are rolling the dice. And that's enough to that's enough to have something go down. That's enough for it to happen. The 90s were very confusing for me when it came to like the the era of gangster rap. You know what I mean? Oh, dude. NW, was, you got yeah. your, your NWAs and oh, your, you know, your Ice Cube. Oh, dude. Um, I mean, it was. it's funny that you say this because there was a book at Barnes & Nobles. Me and my, my, um, <laughs> my mom's birthday recently passed and, and she was um, on the 24th and she was like, uh, here are my, my list of, of books I want. And one of them was James Baldwin, I Am Not Your Negro. And I was like, at Barnes & Nobles, <laughs> Barnes and Noble and I was like oh, I gotta ask the person at the front desk where do I find this book yo mom you okay with an Amazon order I'm just curious <laughs> and I literally instead of asking this person I searched the whole freaking store and I just decided to get another book for my mother but there was a book beside the book I was gonna get for my mother just entitled nigger and I was gonna say I said mom if there, if we could do a prank where there's a blind person and they're like, "Hey, I just got sent this Amazon <laughs> wish list. What is the number one result? And can you take me to it and see if, and see if the employee would say it?" It's um. <laughs> yes, it's not here. The database has uh, gone down, but if you want to come back and uh, do, <laughs> and I told mom, as soon as I told her the name of it, she died. She's like, I know exactly what you're thinking. I'm like, Hey, where do I find this book? As soon as you show them the book name, you're, they're like, well, um, woo. I mean, it's very awkward, but again, I think you should have just went up to the person and asked them for the original book you were talking about. Just very angry. Like, where's this book? Hey, you got this book? <laughs> <laughs> Do you sell this here? They'll be like, I don't know if you're happy or angry. You sell this book? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is inquisitive or agitated right now. Oh, yeah. Man. And so it was like, I'm like, oh, even saying Negro is a weird thing to say for um, if I'm asking somebody, where do I find this? And also, it, hel- it doesn't help that they're so jipper. You know, they're so happy and go lucky that when I'm like, hey, how are you doing? Oh, how are you doing? Can you find this book? They're just like, okay. Well. (laughs) Why me? (laughs) Well. I was going to call in sick today. They, and that's the, so yeah, it's it's funny that you talk about that because yeah, when NWA was out, even then, in a Royal Grandy, mind you, because I was still listening to it there, people still wouldn't say it. I got called it once by a kid in front of his mother and but other than that people just wouldn't say it they're just like yeah as a 11 year old kid we know there are certain words that just aren't okay to say that's life and uh it's funny how 11 year olds knew then what grown-ups don't know now 
11-year-olds didn't be right. like, why can't I? They were just like, oh, okay. It's just like when you're taught at 11 years old, hey, you can't hit a girl. Why not? Because you can't. Oh. You just can't. That's it. I get You can't hit your sister. Well, why? She's older than me. Too bad. Life goes on. And we just accept that that's the reality of life. We don't want to dive into the specifics of, well, prove it to me. Because our parents would be like, guess what? We don't have to prove it to you. If you do it, we'll hit you. They're like, oh, okay. That's a fair that's a fair point. And we just accepted it, you know? Hey, try not to be biased about this here. Think about this Go one for, for a second. Hit me with it. Do you think... <laughs> do you think that there there is even distribution as far as the um, severity of racial slurs that you can throw at any particular demographic? In other mm. words, do you know what I'm saying? Like, is there you know, an equivalent? Like, is there an equivalent? Like, 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 let's just say I think for I think you and I will both agree that the the winner of oh, the most offensive would probably yes. be what we were just talking about. Oh, right? it's, no, it's not close. Yes, pretty close. I mean, yes. you can get creative and say some pretty fucked up shit. Yes, but for the most part, that's the winner. If we're just talking about the basics, that's the one. That's right? the winner. Yes. So do you think that people got lazy after that? Because personally, I don't really feel like there's really, th- I mean, I guess that's a good thing, but um, I don't know. When I hear, like, let's say like when I hear Hispanic racial slurs, it really doesn't bother me. Really? But then again, is that a bias? Do you know what I'm saying? Well, because for- I think like, because it's kind of like, pew, pew, bouncing off my chest like Superman bullets, like bullets for Superman. I, I don't think that they're, they hit anywhere as harsh as oh. say that word. I know it makes me because remember, I don't know, man. Because I, if I hear a certain racial slur against Hispanics, it it makes me it really gives me a visceral reaction, like immediately. It gives me like, who said that? Where did it coming from? Who are like a literally an immediate visceral reaction? A certain word, just like another the c word for um for an Asian person. I it immediately gets me um. It gives me but a is anyone even control. saying those anymore? Like, oh, have you really yeah. heard anyone? Really? Oh yeah. I mean, really? I mean, mind you, this is the this is the age of Twitter. This is the age of Facebook, where you just have people on video just saying the most horrific stuff, and so it made me be like, this is these words are words of hatred, and so it also brings with it that connotation. There is no, you guys. I don't think Hispanics call each other that word. Like Why you guys say you guys though? What's this you guys shit? Hey, I'm just saying. I'm just testing your uh, Hispanicness. But I don't think like if I was there and and Hispanics were saying it to each other, I would be like, oh, what? I mean, y'all really? I would actually have to bring it up in conversation and say, so y'all just like behind closed doors call each other this on a normal? Because I would almost assume it's only whoever I'm with. Because I wouldn't think that anyone else does this. I'm like, it must be y'all because. I don't think y'all just say that. And I know, I don't think Asians just call each other that on a regular basis. I don't think so. When I hear it, it gives me like a, where are we in the fifties right now? What the heck just happened? Like, I, I don't think, think I've ever, ever heard an Asian person. It's not like I'm looking for these things, of course, but I don't think I've ever heard an Asian person call each other, refer to them by like another racial term, really? racial slur. Neither have I. Yeah. Neither have I. Like, I, I can't I, think of anything. Neither have I. And I, I don't even say blank in the armor i won't even say that phrase anymore that word does not exit my mouth anymore even the oriental thing when people are just like that's the one that gets me for some reason because <laughs> i know a lot of older people will say yes. that they'll be like you know this there's this nice oriental boy like, that works at the pharmacy <laughs> i'm like when did he become a rug 
Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I just when know, did he become a train? And even if he just said, if even if I was talking to an Asian person who's like woke, and they're like, oh, by the way, Oriental's not acceptable. I wouldn't even need to know a reason why. I'll be like, oh, what do you like being called then? Fair enough. Yeah, I, I can just, respect I, that. Yeah, and, and for I remember like in Paso Robles, we were in Paso Robles, and we were it was me and a friend of mine who's mixed, and another friend who's also mixed, and we were we saw this older white lady moving some stuff into the house, and so we're like, you need some help? She said, yeah, please. And so we pick up this desk and we move it all the way up into her house, and she's like, would you like some water? And we're like, yeah, sure. If Paso gets hot, sure, give us some water. She's like, yeah, I've always been nice to the coloreds. And then we looked at each other like, huh, colors. Hmm. Okay. I mean. Decent movie. Decent movie in the 80s. Bruh, colors. I'm a nightmare walking psycho. That was my jam back in the day. Do you remember how hard that song used to seem? It, it still is. Ice-T scares me. Ice-T is one of those people that, like, him singing that song, I'll be like, you know what? He just might be a nightmare walking psychopath talking. King of the jungle, I'm a gangster. So he might be that guy. I saw Ice-T one time. I know this is, like, nowhere near what we're talking about. I saw Ice-T perform with his band Body Count one time back in oh, the day. Oh, dude. His that metal was a band. rock and roll joint, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and uh, this guy named Ernie C. He was a guitar player. Got me a pick. Got to meet Ice-T. No, you cool. did not. I don't believe you. I don't believe you, Dan. I don't. We're going to have to do a show one of these days about Holy all the encounters I've had with celebrities. Rap, dude. Musicians, I should say, because it hasn't really, doesn't, it's, it doesn't go into like the, the acting territory, but musicians, for days. I've got stories for days. You met Ice-T? Yeah, briefly. I mean, it's not like we went out and, you know, you got have to know each other really well, them, but I got a, well, I guess it's not really proof, but I do have a guitar pick that he gave me. Are you kidding says me? says body count on it. Yeah, no, I swear. I swear. Is he a nice guy? If you want to say, what's up? As being nice. That's it. I mean, it wasn't, nice. you know, yeah. I mean, it was, it wasn't even like a line of people. I was actually, I got a friend of mine that's friends with Ernie C, the guitar player from Body Count, who I believe lives in Fresno, actually, of all things, Holy since crap. we're talking about this thing. Yeah, so he's local. And I think he's, I think he's got like a home in LA, and then he's also got one here from what I understand. All I know is I tend to see this guy everywhere. Um... So my friend went up and started talking to Ernie C and then ice came up and that's, I call him ice. Cause we've met. I see and, that um, all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, ice. Went from we go ice way back to ice. Wow. Yeah. We go way back. It's just it's something he said as I was getting ready to leave. He's like, Hey man, by the way, you know, he kind of whispered in my ears like, just go ahead and call me ice. Look at this guy. No, man. It was, it was very, very brief, but yeah, I got to meet him and I, I mean, I think we had all of a minute of conversation. That's huge. That's a long time. What was dope about this show was that Body Count came out and they opened up, right? Mm-hmm. So Ice-T did his his metal thing. And then after they went off the stage, Ice-T came out by himself and then oh, did all his solo on. stuff. No. Yeah. That was a good show, man. There used to be this no. place in Fresno called the Cadillac Club. And that's where they all the big... I mean, there's a lot of bands. None local, but a lot of huge bands now were just playing... They were selling their own t-shirts. You know, you know the band Tool? Yes. Singer Maynard James Keenan sold me a T-shirt back in the day. That's how small they were at the Dang. time. I I never got to see no band blow up like that. I remember there was a band in San Luis. I don't think they're big anymore, but I remember when they used to be passing out flyers. Their name was Toad the Wet Sprocket. 
But I don't know. They were from San Luis Obispo? That's where I, yeah, that's where they were out passing out stuff. I think they are from there, as a matter of fact. I've heard of Toad the Wet Sprocket before. I've never heard of Toad the Wet Sprocket. I I couldn't tell you. I didn't know who they were. I couldn't tell you one song they sing, but that's a name that sticks out. That is so funny, dude. You met freaking Ice T? I've met some crazy. I got some stories. We'll have to talk about that one of these days. Um, We'll have to see another one. I snubbed. Bradley Knoll of Sublime before he before Sublime was big. I didn't no know who he was. Way. Yeah, we went. Me and my wife and some friends went to Santa Barbara to go see the Beastie Boys, and we're at the Santa Barbara Bowl. And I don't know if anyone's ever been to the Santa Barbara Bowl, but that's listening. If anyone is listening, but there's this right when you walk in through the gate, there's like this big stairway that you go up, and then you enter the bowl. At the bottom of the stairway, stairway rather, was Bradley Knoll or this dude, I should say. Who was handing out CDs? He was just here. You go here. You go here. You go. So I'm walking up. I'm talking with my friends, not paying any attention to anything. And this guy's like, "Hey man, how's it going? I'm Brad, and this is my band. Uh, you want a CD?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever. Thanks, man. Thanks." And I just took the CD and like I popped it in my backpack, and I didn't think anything about it again. Like, Fucking hack. See you later. Thanks for thanks for thanks for the CD. You, you hack. I didn't say that, of course. So enjoy the show. Enjoy the weekend. Um, I was really into going to concerts at that time, and I don't know. I'd say maybe. A month later, I was driving to another concert in the Bay Area. So they 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 had this song, and it was actually a hit song called Date Rape. And so, you know, I just, okay, whatever. And I just put it back in my backpack, like, date rape? What the fuck is this all about? So we're driving to the Bay Area, and there was a station, I think it's like 105.3 or something like that in the Bay Area, San Jose area. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is a, you know, up-and-coming band, Sublime from Long Beach, California. This is their song, Date Rape. And I'm like, oh. That stuck out because, you know, again, that's just not the same, the, the title that you're used to hearing. Yeah. And so I, I happened to have my backpack with me because I took that thing wherever I go, as I kind of still do today, as you know, and um, pulled that thing out. I'm like, oh, my God. I, so, yeah, I basically got I just Bradley Knoll handed me a CD and I'm like, yeah, thanks, buddy. Thanks, whatever. And just walked right past him. Didn't know I was walking past greatness like that, you know. Holy um, crap. Yeah, I think I've told that story too many times, but it's uh, I'm losing my voice right now. So I'm telling you the short version. Holy but crap, dude. That's really it in a nutshell, actually. But no, I've had just all kinds of weird, that's, weird yeah, my, encounters oh, by the with way, people. Yeah, Toad the Rush Brock is from Santa Barbara. They, I just used to always see him in San Luis. Well, it's just right up the road. That's true. Kind of. That's true. Um, okay. Of all your life, Dan, and this, oh, then we're going to get to the main show then. Of all your life, I want you to leave these wonderful listeners that are only listening to the, our awesome pregame show. Um who is the most famous person that you have had at least a 45 second talk with? I'd probably have to say Michael Jackson, probably. That's not true. No, I'm just fucking with you. I was, I'm just like, holy crap. <laughs> I was literally about to push pause right now. And be like, nope, you gotta tell me this story now, and then we'll give the short version on, on the <laughs> Oh my God, dude. Are you kidding me? If that was really the case, you would have known this years ago because that's, that's the kind of story that you start conversations Yeah, you led with. Hi, I'm Dan. How I you met doing? Michael Jackson. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. That's funny. Let me think about that for a second. Ice T is a good one. Ice T was up there and he's still pretty relevant. He's hugely crazy. I mean, I think uh, Law and Order is huge. Wow, I really got to think about that for a second. Because you met a lot of people. Well, okay. So. Are you talking about like the the general population would find huge celebrity yes, or someone yes. to me that I find celebrity? Someone that the general public 
would be like, holy crap, like Ice-T. Ice, the general public knows who Ice-T is because of Laura. Um, wow, that's a really good question, man. I'm going to have to think about that for a second. But right off the top of the head. Uh, I know who I would I, think of what you've told me. Who's that? Christian Slater. Oh, yeah. See, there's another one I completely forgot about. <laughs> that would be the yeah. one that I would think, oh, this is, that's the one. Because I told that was right. El Companion of mine, uh, I was like, hey, you know Dan's met Christian Slater. She was like, okay, apparently there's a woman thing about Christian Slater. Because she reacted way different than I reacted. She was like, she oh, my God. What? I'm like, wow. There is a Christian Slater thing. I think it was like 2012. I remember I met him at WonderCon. He was just walking across the the floor coming from a panel. And I'm trying to remember the name of the show that he was promoting, but it lasted about six seconds on TV. Um, but I asked if he could take a picture with him. He was really cool about it. Very nice guy. Sat and talked with him for a little bit. So I had my son who was probably 12 at the time. Yeah, I think he was 12 at the time. He was going to take the picture. Well, you don't give an iPhone to a 12-year-old back then and expect him to know exactly what to to do with it. So he was fumbling with it. So he takes a picture. And of course, it's not right. And I'll have to show you the picture because I actually still have it. I (laughs) I should put it it up. I have it. Do you have that picture? No, you didn't give it to me, but you showed me at work. I think that I need to. I didn't believe you. I should put that up just to prove that I'm serious about it. Because the look. Because the look on his face, he was getting annoyed as shit. I could tell he was getting annoyed because I think my kid took like three pictures before he actually got it right. Yeah. But when I met him, you know, he was like on fire. He was talking. There was a guy that was dressed up. This little Asian guy was dressed up as, um, do you remember the bad, the villain in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom called Mola Ram? The uh, dude that pulled the heart, pulled oh, the heart yeah, yeah, out of that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dressed up as that guy. So he was the guy's, he's taking a picture with this guy holding the heart. Shoot. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, wow. but now I got to f- remember, I don't even remember. It's it's not even like important what the name of that movie was that he was in or that show that he was in, but it lasted like no, you know, it, it lasted six minutes, basically. I was trying to find it. I can't find it right now. Um, that same weekend, I met John Favreau, which was cool. No. Okay, yeah, wait that a wasn't minute. Even hold at on. Then hold on now. This is an interesting question. Who's more famous? Christian Slater or John Favreau? Oh, I think it's without a doubt John Favreau. Oh, see, I beg to differ. I think it's Christian Slater. I mean, I think that Slater has the longevity. Name but... only right now, if you poll America, do you think more people know who John Favreau is or Christian Slater? You just mean you okay, hold on. I may have misread what you're saying. You're you're just Who's saying more famous. Right, like recognizable. Yes. To the general public. Yeah, then I would probably say Christian Slater. But who's making more money? Yes. Now that, who's richer? Yes. But I'm thinking fame. I still think maybe, yeah, I think Slater still has Favreau. I think Slater has Vince Vaughn. Ooh. Yeah, I think Slater has Vince Vaughn too. You think so? Yeah, I think that he, I mean, who, in that Rat Pack, uh, yeah, Favreau beats, I mean, um, yeah, Slater still beats all the newer Rat Packers, I think, because you remember the Swingers was supposed to be the comeback of like that Rat Pack thing, where there was like a group of cool cats, but I think Vince Vaughn and, and Favreau are the only ones that made it out of there. 
Unless I'm tripping. Out of the swingers? Movie? No, I think like in that whole crew, because you had like, you know, Favreau making swingers. You had Vince Vaughn. You had Kevin Smith. You had, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Jason uh, Muse. You had uh, Homeboy, not uh, not Jason Muse, but the other Jason from Mallrats. Oh, Jason Lee. Jason Lee. Like they had that crew of people where it's like, oh, these are the next independent cats. This might be the thing. We You even have Ben Affleck for Chasing Amy. You had Matt Damon and Chasing Amy. So that whole crew, it's almost like, as far as the actors go, it would be Ben, Matt, and Vince made it out. Which is not bad, dude. That's a good crew. And then they never worked together. <laughs> well, they all went like this. They all like chaotically went in different directions. That's true. And for the long, Goodwill you know, Hunting was huge. Goodwill Hunting was a, was an amazing movie. Yeah, and that's what put them pretty much on the map. Yes. But then Vince Vaughn started going down this road of just doing Vince Vaughn. He is Vince all freaking of Vaughn. the time. He is Vince, except for was it disturbing behavior that he was the mean dad? Stepdad or something? Remember that? No, but see, the reason why I don't remember that is because I kind of signed off on him for a little bit. I really did. I signed off on Vince. Yeah, but he's, you know what? I'm trying to find, he's in a movie that I want to see right now. Oh, Um, the the brawl and brawl and cell block. Yeah, yeah. He is. And it's, you know what? It's on, on demand, so you can just get it. I've always, I'm a sucker for Vince Vaughn. I could watch Vince Vaughn in any... I don't know if I've missed a Vince Vaughn movie. I could just watch him. Even on the, the Breakup was amazing to me. Yeah, I like that movie. That I was loved The Breakup. I loved The Breakup. I loved um, Made. Made was terrific. Made was hilarious. I thought it was I w- so good. I liked that movie so much better than Swingers. I'm going to go back and say that I don't even think I enjoyed Swingers as much as I think I used to. Like, like I don't think I actually enjoyed it that much. Um, it's all I, right. It's I just think, all right. No, I think if you watched it again, I think you'd actually like it. I think you'd it gets you pumped. The Vegas baby. I think it's gonna get you pumped. I think you should try it again. People, I got something to tell you, and it's very important. It's the most important thing I'm gonna say this whole this whole episode, and that is, we want to know seriously if you dig what we're doing with the pre games, especially Dan. Dan is very curious as to if you guys like what you're hearing in the pregame or if you say, you know what, it could come or go. Either way, we really want to hear what you have to say. So if you could email us, you got the info, brother? Heroes of Noise podcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter. Yes, you can, Steve. I know you're excited about that. No, huh? I just thought. Oh, my, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I thought I, th- I thought like when I said Twitter, you just made that noise. No, you I literally Twitter. thought of a name. That's uh, all. You did. Okay, well, let's I'm do it. I'm sorry. I did not mean for that to actually come out that loud. Go ahead. Keep on going. <laughs> you got the vapors. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I think you got myself. the vapors right there. I gave myself the vapors. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Let's talk about Twitter, man. Twitter. You can reach our show on Twitter at, at Heroes of Noise. Uh, you can reach myself, Dan, at Dan Q Public. And you can also reach my friend Steve at SE underscore Hudson Music. Now, Steve, mm-hmm. you, dropped the, you dropped the dots, didn't you? I didn't. You didn't? No. W- were there ever dots there? 
I hold on. Let me see. I, I think because I, I I have it like muscle memory with my mouth to go S. Oh, I never e. had dots. No, there's never 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 dots there. Get out of here. There were there dots. Was just at S E underscore Hudson Music. Are you sure? I'm sure. I don't. I don't. I don't believe you. I don't Gee, believe you. I've been saying it for. I've been saying it for two seasons of the word, and you've never corrected me. I I don't have it memorized. I trusted you. It's really funny. <laughs> My bad. Sorry. It's S E underscore Hudson music. And you know what? That sounds so much better because holy shit, that was hard to say. You never corrected me once. That's the funny part about it. Yeah, it is weird. It is weird. You know what's weird is that we're sitting here wasting all this time and we could get to the big show. Right. Are you ready, sir? Hey, Let's go ahead and do so. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, see you on the other side. Yeah.